For almost 2,000 years, the Catholic Church has pointed the way toward salvation through Jesus Christ. For each of us, that journey starts in darkness, as in a cave. We invite you now to join us as we seek wisdom and truth by way of faith and reason with your guides, Mark Tuttle, Timothy O'Donnell, and Joseph Tomasian. Join us in the Catholic Cave. Welcome once again to the Catholic Cave. I'm Joseph Tomasian here with Mark Tuttle and Timothy O'Donnell. Today we are talking about the crisis of masculinity. Oh and boy. It is, oh yes. Oh boy. <laughs> it is ever apparent everywhere <laughs> and at all times. It's seen in all of our fields of, of endeavors. It's it's seen mm-hmm. in our families. Uh, it's seen in, in you know the mental health crisis that that is is perplexing uh, men today. Um, it, it, you know, guys. I, I, I'm in the trades. Uh, I own a construction company, mm-hmm. and and the one thing that I see time and time again, the the difference between what makes a good employee versus a not good employee is one's capacity to say, I don't know how to do this. And there's this idea that if if they are are missing some sort of knowledge or or ability, they're going to be seen as less than or less masculine. Those guys don't last. They don't mm-hmm. last, but it, it seems like the guys who are who do say, hey, I don't know how to do this. Can you teach me? They stick around. They make the greatest employees, and they, they become really, really strong workers. But there's this fear of not being able to, to, to seem vulnerable or, or, or docile, you know, able to be taught uh, that, that they're mm-hmm. less than. And I think Docere, that, right? Yeah, that's Latin. right. Yeah. yeah. Docere, yeah, yeah. yeah, to teach. Yeah, yes. but you know what's, what, what's ironic about that is that's coming about in a culture where for at least 30 years, probably even more than that, that vision of masculinity has been that vision of masculinity of never needing to ask for help, always being self-sufficient, always being able to have all the answers, always being able to be the strong guy, etc. That's really <laughs> not asking been, for directions. Not asking yes. for directions. Okay, that's yeah, really yeah. been. That's I still really don't been like under, to do that. That's really been <laughs> under fire culturally, sure. right? You know, oh, the, yeah. the, the the culture has for for thirty years, but yet ironically, I think it's it's honestly that pressure against that type of thing that's probably exacerbated those problems not helped them how so well i you know i think i think in school right the 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 push you know first off men lag behind in school every level of school right now i think that's one of the the aspects of it um but the 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 pushback has not been so much you need to humble yourself to ask for help you need to um you know, do these things, but you honestly still the humility involved in that is, is portrayed as a feminine thing. Yeah, asking so, for help. And, and, and any, anytime you, you appear vulnerable, we, we, I think as, as a culture, we have this idea that vulnerability and transparency equal passivity and weakness, which, uh, guys, I'm, I'm going to say it are, are, are effeminate. Feminine. If if you are in any way vulnerable, you're not allowed to cry. You're not allowed to show a lack of capacity or a lack of knowledge. And and there are jokes and memes about you know mansplaining uh, to to these professional women who they're they're all over the place. But it seems to be that uh, men today are not allowed or 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 it's it's weakness to show vulnerability in any capacity. Well, I think that's a that's an interesting observation. I, I think traditionally that's that's probably the case. I know that's still 
still haunts us, I, I think, to, to some degree and still true. Like the question, like, say, as an employee, you know, you don't you, you don't know what to do next. Or you don't know what you're doing. And the first question you ask yourself interiorly is, should I know, though? <laughs> I don't know. But should I know? <laughs> yeah. And if I if I'm not sure then I, I don't want to come, I don't want to but be you embarrassed. Think, you don't think that's universally human? You don't, you don't think the, the, the women feel that same exact thing? I don't no, know. I, they, no, I don't. They, they might approach it differently. Yeah. I think they might approach it differently. But I, I, you're, when you're talking about, when you're talking about one of the, we're talking about the crisis in masculinity um, and, and showing vulnerability, I, I might, I don't know that we've got that one dialed right. Like, I, I do think, I, I think, People are very comfortable. I'm very comfortable with, say, like a man who cries over something significant. I think there's mm. something unsettling if, like, sure. you're crying because the At coffee a fo- wasn't Folgers warm. commercial, yeah, right. the coffee right. one that you just drank, Joseph, wasn't warm enough, right. and you break out in tears. But well, once Tim, again, I, Tim, I'm just being vulnerable. There, there's well, a, no, there's something wrong there, Joseph. Know. You know, you know, there's a know. difference between resilience, you know, <laughs> right, a, a lack right, of resilience right. versus versus right. vulnerability. But, but men just aren't as emotional, you know. You well, know, and, and, and Matt Walsh, and so, Matt, Matt Walsh had a, 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 a an interesting little blog post on on exactly this thing and and it was a, a longer a longer things but as he's prone to do he stepped in it into the battle of the sexes naturally, as he yeah. as he naturally yeah. does yeah. but one of the things he said is what one behavior for women is extolling their virtue and therefore we have a certain tolerance for it even if it is a vice we just yeah. don't see it as, as big a vice and vice versa um you know a, a man exhibiting a certain vice we have a little bit more tolerance for it because it's more part of man's nature to go in that direction and um you know the the example he yeah. used was exactly like that breaking down crying over a like a, a dinner that that didn't come out exactly <laughs> right um you know if a woman did that we it would be Maybe annoying. We would we would look but at acceptable. that. But acceptable. But but acceptable, yeah. right? We would. Really but, understandable. But if right? a man came, if a man came blubbering, just like well, you know, I was at the grill and the burgers just didn't come out right, and yeah. and, and and you know they were they were right. still pink inside, you're already, even though they were black me outside. Exactly. Right, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Or I'd we, wonder how many beers you had. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there was there was a. a a Stanford, I want to say it was Stanford. There was a study that came out where, you know, a thousand women were polled or whatnot. And, and it was, uh, if your husband cried, your, your, your boyfriend, your husband cried, uh, how would that make you feel? And I think overwhelmingly, uh, the statistics came back and, and said, it would make me uncomfortable and it would make me want to leave. Uh, now, that is significant. That's that's huge uh, because it, it it shows that overwhelmingly men are not allowed to show a vulnerability even inside of our own homes, which is which is why we bottle all this stuff up. You push a, it deep deep but, down inside because that's historically worked out well for us. Right, right. And I think you were kind of raising the question with that though. Is like, would we really want to live in a society with weak with, men? With where right exactly where that no. type of thing was socially acceptable. Right, right. correct. And, and so. You know, when you're talking about kind of the crisis of masculinity, you're you're talking about there's sort of an irony there because you're talking about a culture that's pushing us to try to accept weak men more. Yes. But yet at the same time, we're not willing to accept weak men. Because dangerous men are not acceptable in today's society. Well, right. I I was going to say where 
one maybe cultural marker for me, at least during my lifetime, was uh, growing up, one of our favorite shows to watch as a family. I remember, at my, at my age, there was only one TV. So if we're going to watch TV, you were watching whatever yeah, was to, on. And you have to and agree you on were it. the yeah, remote yeah. And I was, I was the right. youngest. Yeah. yeah, I was remote. I sat in front of the TV, <laughs> and everyone else told me when to turn the cha- turn the knob to turn the channel. So, but we had, a, but that did build a certain routine, and and we're all together. That kind of stuff that we don't have now. But the show I was going to point out that I, I really did I really did uh, enjoy as a kid and thought was funny, and then looking back, I'm a pretty big critic of it is Mash. But one of the things that Mash had on it was Alan Alda, hmm. and Alan Alda was extolled in the media as kind of the new man, the sensitive man, um, and I think that that for me is kind of like beginning to be that marker of this sort of you know desensitizing. Uh, men in a way that maybe didn't hasn't proven to be very helpful or productive. And and the way I would contrast that is, I think one of the features in this crisis of manhood masculinity is that we have a lot of young men, especially who are taking who are at, want to act out on some of say their more aggressive tendencies. Yeah. And the only way they can and one way that they can channel that is through gaming. You know, right? once through gaming, like Call of Duty, et cetera. Once upon a time, when I was growing up, if you had a beef with somebody, you, you know, three o'clock at the flagpole, and you duke it out, and then you figured out the social hierarchy very quickly, and everybody sort of fell in line, and 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 aggression within the classroom is is no longer. As a matter of fact, we medicate our sons on Adderall, Ritalin, uh, to make them mm-hmm. docile. Now that that's not the right word to make them robotic, to not, to not have those sorts of emotions. And it comes out in such negative ways. Whereas younger children who, who wrestle with their fathers, who, uh, play sports, who, who have a healthy means of expressing, expressing aggression, are much more in tune and, and are, are, are much more easily accepted within societies because they've learned how to play fight, because they've learned how to harness their aggression, because they've learned how to be dangerous and yet hold that in until the time comes when you need to be violent or aggressive. We don't have that today. It, it just it, because aggression and, and dangerous people and, and violence are are. I, we said this on a previous show. They're they're extreme. They're extremists, and it's just frowned upon. It's toxic masculinity. It's toxic masculinity, right? right. And and just to go back and, and clarify, you know, that's not to say that ADHD doesn't need some type of treatment. That there aren't real um, issues there. That some of these drugs are trying to address. I mean, people people are not putting their kids on Ritalin to take away their masculine tendencies. No, I, no, there's an open question though about I, whether I would or not argue you th- against that. Yeah. yeah. There's an open question I think in my mind about overmedication of of yeah. any but of all age groups to be That's with, not yeah. this show though. No, and yeah. that's a, yeah, yeah, that that is a, a yeah. different question. But right. um, yeah. but but nonetheless, I mean, I I, I don't think it you don't have to look hard to kind of see the the, the crisis of masculinity that right. we were talking about, and and you know whether it is a a 
loss of our our dangerous nature that that men need to a certain extent need required need required yes. to to protect our families yes. to protect our communities yes. to to protect our country to beat the bounds uh, right as it exactly were. um you know whether whether it's that whether it's a, a general malaise and boredom and I I do think there's a lot to that 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 we we live in a culture that just breeds boredom and our solutions to boredom are artificial mm. dopamine hits no, it is. Um, so oh, you know, yeah. you know. So I think there's there's Tasty something to that. Dopamine. But but whatever we but ever whatever we want to look at it, it is not hard to see that yeah, masculinity and men are in deep trouble in our culture. And um, you know, I, I I really do think we, especially as Catholics, need to look at this seriously yeah. to to yeah. kind of determine what is it truly to be a God fearing Catholic no, man. I, I got a lot to say about that. Well, good. Well, hang on to that because we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to The Catholic Cave on Catholic Radio Indy. A place where God's message is heard, where His love is demonstrated, and His grace discovered. Listen and experience hope wherever you are in life. Catholic Radio Indy. When a business is looking to expand, they say it's all about location, location, location. But what about when the church needs to expand? To stretch out and reach those fallen away, estranged from the faith, or those who simply have never heard the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Then it's all about vocation, vocation, vocation. We need more people dedicated to the mission of serving the church, more priests, more deacons, more men and women of vowed service, and more lay workers willing to go into the fields. The harvest is rich, but the workers are few. Is God calling you to service? Pray on it, and while you're there, pray for more vocations. A simple request from your friends at Catholic Radio Indy. Welcome back to the Catholic Cave. I'm Joseph here with Tim and Mark, and we are talking about masculinity and the failure of masculinity or the failure to pass on masculinity. And I say that because once upon a time and through many different cultures, masculinity was not something that you grew into like a a boy growing into a, a, a man's body. Masculinity is something that is handed on from one generation to another. Taught. Taught. It's given. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we, we, I'd say by and large fail to do. Uh, There are different tribes where the coming of age of men, they go out into the bush and they get bitten by bullet ants or whatever. And, in in feudal Europe, you know, it was the the handing on of of the family sword. But it, it, there's many different ways in which a, a sign of aggression was given to the younger generation and saying, "You you went through a thing, and now you you are becoming a part of us." And this coming of age, this handing on of masculinity, um, I think it's been relegated to simply, "Well, you're confirmed." But it's not even. Uh, there, even with the sacraments, there isn't this this great handing on tradition. It's just a thing that's done. Now that means you don't have to go to CCD or religious education anymore, yep. or whatever that is. And so, we, as as men now, our generations have have a have a uh, a, a, a ta- 
excuse me, a task to be able to hand on masculinity, even though many of us didn't receive it from our fathers. And I'm, I'm not sure what to do with that. Yeah. And I, I, I'm going to play the role of Tim here just a little bit and, and okay. jump in and say, you know, okay, we need definitions here. When we're, when we're talking about masculinity, yeah. what are, what exactly are we talking about? I would say that it's, uh, I would use words like, uh, masculinity are distinctive traits, qualities, behaviors, and mindsets that accompany the male human being, right? That Such you would as? found. Well, we, we've been talking about one. I would say one is, uh, I'll, I'll give you four. One is uh, aggre- there's an aggressiveness. Um, three, you mentioned in a uh, different different program uh, that are really helpful. It's to be a protector. It's to be a provider. Um, procreator. And a procreator. Yeah. yeah, these are these are natural inclinations. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. And, and then uh, you can unpack all that. So, do you think it's a failure of, of fatherhood? Do you, or do you think it's- I think there's a huge problem with that. I think that's one of the biggest symptoms. Is you look at, um, yeah, the loss of fatherhood. Like there's, and and, and that strikes to our uh, a previous show that we did when we were looking at at marriage and the family. One of the one of the things I hear all the time from uh, women who would like to find a husband is that they're the men are not very you know manly manly well manly and not very not really eligible in the sense of being desirable you know that's the it's one thing i i heard some i think it was jordan peterson say this you know if you're looking to find someone you're looking to find a mate um and you you it's it's not particularly helpful or fruitful to to focus on what that other person needs to have for you to be um, oh, satisfied yeah, yeah, with them. It's right. the opposite. Yeah, I heard this. It's the opposite. Yeah. It's you ought to look at your, we ought to look at ourselves. What do I have what to offer? What do I have to yeah. offer other yep. people? Yeah, that's And I right. think that's where the, one of the, this is a feature of the crisis of, of men in our current setting, because if you're the traditional things that they've been uh, as boy, starting as boys and into, and into manhood, there are things missing, like rites of passage. Yes. There are things missing when fathers aren't at home to school and teach by word and example. And what men in the home tend to provide discipline and order. Yes, because I don't yeah. know about you guys, but I, I grew up. I know I think you guys did this, but growing up, it was one thing to upset my mother. Oh yes, but if my dad was at work, it was terrifying to hear the words. Wait, wait till, till your, your dad. Gets wait home. till your dad gets home yeah. because dads are going to bring something different, different to the different to the table. That's important. It's complementary, but it's not identical. Right. Um, and so when we now have. What me? I think across America, it's at least fifty percent now. Kids are close to it, raised in fatherless homes. This is a huge, huge, and growing yeah. huge, huge problem. Yeah, yeah. John Paul II used the, the the term for the family, the school of humanity. That that the family is the school of humanity. Makes and by, us human. And by that, yeah. and by that, he means you know an intact family of both a father and a, and a mother there. And I think you know when you lack fathers at home, you lack a model. You you yeah. lack you lack yeah. the, the that ability to pass that along to sons in particular. 
particulars, but to daughters also. And I think yes. there's a you know there's oh, a, yeah. a you know a, oh, a yeah. respect for masculinity yes. that daughters grow up with when there's a father in the home. But something started this crisis, right? I mean, we didn't just suddenly wake up one day and suddenly we have a bunch of of um, I blame it on the boomers. You know, father, it was the seventies. Yeah, I think there was a divorce culture. You know, I, I definitely think this this push for self fulfillment of the individual at the expense of the family. You know, for a long time, people said, well, it's better for the kids if you get a divorce so that they don't have to see the struggles. And, and, and sometimes and it is. Sometimes it is, yeah. Well, and, and divorce is never good, but right. sometimes when you can separate, you know, so actually toxic behaviors, um, the, but that's few and far between. The, the difference, that I agree with you, the difference is no-fault divorce. Because when there was yeah, divorce, yeah. No, fa- no fault divorce means you don't have to prove your case or anything like that. And all you do is you file your paperwork and then you divvy up, you decide, you know, right, the states usually have laws. You're going to divvy up uh, property and, and assets. The kids. And you're going to figure out how, yeah, how the kids are going to, mm. how you're going to interact with the right. kids. But there's, there, but prior to no fault divorce, you would have to go. You'd have to go to court and make a case and have it found in your favor. And what did that do? It a lot. Now so the criticism would be, well, women couldn't get to a bump. Well, here's what it did do, though, for a lot of people is there's a there are rough patches, and the rough patch can last quite a while. If you have to go through a a, a case that takes say a year to go and improve your case. Well, in that time, you may have worked through the rough patch mm-hmm. and reconciled. Now, with absolutely no, um, absolutely no time cooling off period or anything, you're immediately divorced and you're gone your separate ways. And you're not going to reconcile. It just makes that next to impossible. Yeah. So, so I think that's an important distinction: no fault divorce versus ha- being able to obtain a, a divorce. So maybe it's fair to say that process I didn't go through. I don't, I'm not an expert on. It. Could have been maybe that could have been. Um, modified or something like that but no fault divorce leads into it and without men being there to to provide that those examples uh for younger people and we see and we try to we try society has there are some institutions like the boys and girls club where you have big brothers right you have other organizations that are out there to help connect young men to responsible adult males to school them in uh, what it means to be a man, to be authentic, to, right. to be an authentic man, to use things like our aggression or power or superior strength for good. How do you channel and direct that in ways that are loving, ultimately? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hate to bring this up, too, but, you know, the majority of, of single parent households are not formed due to divorce. Mm-hmm. The majority of them are, are formed due to, to promiscuity. And so a large part of the crisis of masculinity is caused by the inability to channel one's masculinity. And as we said, you know, part of being a man is that that desire to have children, that desire to procreate. And when that's not regulated properly, you wind up with single moms raising kids. And and I think, you know, that that inability to teach people to you know control contain, your passions yeah control control your sexuality and keep yeah. that within the confines of marriage i think that's probably an even bigger um well that's where we go to the top of my list for the yeah. cause so there's 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 20 causes for for the to different degrees for why we're sure. the mess we're in top of my list though is the pill 
Yeah. Okay, the top of my list is the pill. There's lots of other things I would point to, but the, when you introduce, and you can look at it like on a timeline, when you introduce the pill, then everything fundamentally shifts in the relationship between men and women, and it cheapens sex. You know, when you go back and read Humanae Vitae, which was Pope Paul VI's um, great en- encyclical of, of explaining why the church has perennially always has and always will teach against artificial contraception, he, he lays out a series of consequences of allowing artificial oh, contraception prophetic. into, in, <laughs> it, it reads prophetically, but it's not really prophetic. It, it really is just sort of the natural outcome with it. But mm-hmm. all of them are exactly what we're saying. They are all oh, yeah. indicative of a last, lack of masculinity that comes about because of the introduction of artificial contraception, the the ability to be able to have sex without it being procreative leads to this, to a certain extent, lack of responsibility on the part of, of men. And, And there's a large part of people that would say, well, why can't men just be responsible naturally? Otherwise, if, if there's not, you know, if there's not the, the prospect of kids, why can't men control themselves would be the, uh, the, the, the question. But I'll tell you what, you know, there, there are internet influencers out there that are living the playboy oh, lifestyle. Oh, and movies and, and, and TV and, series and, and everything and, else. And that would not be able to be upheld as an ideal of masculinity, which is farthest from what's masculine to begin with. I mean, you go back to, I don't know, 16th, 17th century Britain and Somebody that fathered children outside of wedlock was uh, considered effeminate and irresponsible and the farthest thing from a man Unless you could you were imagine. The king. Unless you were the king. But <laughs> but even then, I think the, the king was looked down upon for it. Um, you know, it was tolerated, but he was seen as less of a man, manly man because he had king, kids outside well, of wedlock. Well, they weren't a virtuous. Yeah, they weren't a virtuous ruler right. for sure. That would be, yeah, but. You're, I think you're right. I think the, the there's a there's a loss. There's certainly a, a almost complete loss um, of this the notion of chastity, yeah. especially and, on, and especially it, on men. And we can we can look at, at men and and say, yeah, men were you know men were were basically extolled for their desires to go out and have sex with with any number of women but women started to mimic that and and i think that women mimicking that as a false idea of masculinity has led to women becoming more hyper masculine to a certain extent and therefore as a consequence men having to become and and being seen as as better if they are more effeminate so there's mm-hmm. been a feminization of men ironically because of and the promiscuity of men of women Yeah, right. Well, we're coming up on a break. We'll come back and uh, continue to talk about this uh, crisis facing menhood here on the Catholic Cave. Do you like game shows? How about trivia? You're listening to Catholic Radio, so I assume you're interested in the Catholic Church. Catholic Challenge 2.0 is the newest addition to our programming lineup here on Catholic Radio Indy. A 30-minute quiz show covering almost everything Catholic. Catholic Challenge 2.0 tests your knowledge and teaches at the same time. Check it out every Thursday afternoon at 4.30 right here on Catholic Radio Indy. You can hear the Holy Mass every day at 8 a.m. right here on Catholic Radio Indy. Welcome back to the Catholic Cave. In the cave today, we've got uh, all three cavemen are here. We've got uh, Mark, Joseph, myself, Timothy, 
And let me throw this one out here in this segment. One of the phenomenons I think that uh, it rarely even gets, I think it really even gets challenged anymore. What do you guys think about cohabitation? Sort of the rent-to-own version of relationships. Well, how else are you going to decide whether they're a good person <laughs> to yeah. marry? Right, right. Exactly. you got to try mean, it out. Yeah, yeah try yep, it out. Exactly. Would you, would you commit yourself to eating at one restaurant for the rest of your life oh, no. without ever having visited there first? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Excellent. <laughs> anyway. Pages right out of uh, Playboy right. or men's magazine. Exactly. Man, and, what a filthy concept, actually. Right. And and I think I think what that does is it shows the, the lack of understanding of marriage is sacramental. Um, You know, marriage has become a consumer good by and large where, you know, we look at marriage. It's a tax benefit. Well, it's a tax benefit, but it's also, you know, to to have the happy life, you have to buy a house, you have to buy a car and you have to have a happy marriage. I don't know anybody would say they buy a marriage, but the amount of money you pay for your average wedding these days, I mean, I think. Oh, it runs the the gamut. Sky's the limit. Exactly. So, you know, I I think there is a concept of kind of buying a spouse. Statistic: The more money you spend on the marriage uh, is is equally proportionate to uh, the number of, of divorces. So, the, oh, if, no. if you if you spend oh, fifty no. grand, uh, it's much more likely to end in divorce because uh, the the thought behind that is you spend more time on the production than you do the sacrament. Yeah, I. You know what oh, though? I'm no. I'm skeptical of that for a number of reasons, and one of the biggest reasons Statist- is math doesn't lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the 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 statistics that, that I'm looking at are, are coming out of uh, Charles some of Charles Murray's research coming apart. Oh, he's where, really good. Where yeah. he looks That's at a the, great book, and, by the and way. And he looks at the class differences around marriage, and mm-hmm. he points out that when you look at the upper class in America, they're not the ones having the divorces. They're not the ones having marriages that, that fail. By and large, their kids are raised mm-hmm. to wind up having intact marriage mm-hmm. and, and all of that. It's the lower classes um, that, that are struggling when it comes to marriage and struggling when it comes to divorces and, and struggling when it comes to these types of things. So, the, so the, the that's there. why I do kind of question the idea of the amount of money you spend, because I Obviously, the upper classes are going to spend more money on their weddings. Are, are you and saying that the classes exist? Of course, America? classes exist. The oh, classes oh exist goodness. everywhere. There's no question oh, about wow. that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> there's another show right That's there. Another show. <laughs> there's another show. I can't wait to talk this about this. Is the one. Catholic cave will never end. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's a question for you guys. We've been talking about the crisis of masculinity and yeah. all the problems that have led to it. You know, the, the premises that we've presented that are valid or otherwise. But the question is, and and I want to talk to the men who are in a nuclear family who who are wondering how they can pass masculinity on and and i want to get some ideas out there for for the dads um what can we be doing as husbands and fathers to be able to bolster this idea of an authentic masculinity within our own families what sorts of rites of passage uh, have you guys experienced or have you not experienced? Right. And I, I say this as somebody with little experience and a lot of experience at the same time. Um, I, I'm a homeschooling dad, but I'm a homeschooling dad of girls. Mm-hmm. So I have not mm-hmm. raised boys. But one of the things I have, have witnessed is that the education system, the, the, the public education system, even the private edu- education system at, um, at, at, at schools does not adequately raise and educate men 
as they need to be men. They men need mentors. They need to be quote unquote discipled. Um, there, there needs to be a relationship there. And the modern education system is more geared communally. So and it's more not geared many towards, families do homeschool. So how do we make this relevant to, to the dads? Yeah. I think the dads need to take the time to, to have those mentoring type of experiences with their sons. The, the difference between when dads do that and when dads do don't are night and day. Day yeah, to me yeah. from 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 what I've observed sure. and and you know like I said our, our our classrooms are really made for women they're made by women um, for women they're not made for boys and I think that there, there's any number of levels you can look at that but by and large men learn and and we all know this as, as being guys men learn shoulder to shoulder we don't learn face to face we don't learn through talking through problems we learn through demonstration through work Working on problems together through collectively discipling one another in what we do and our school systems aren't giving that to our boys and and I think dads need to be aware of that it, it's not to say your kids aren't going to get educated <clears throat> in school but they're not going to be discipled in schools sure. and so dads have that role of having to disciple their sons um, outside of the context of school what do you think Tim I think there's a there's a few things I mean it, it probably goes without saying obviously kids pick up on what they see so you have to model what you want your kids to mm -hmm. to, to have mm -hmm. um that's number one so how you treat your wife how you treat them how you treat their siblings how you treat your neighbor how you think about and talk about your work all those sorts of things are super important i think the next thing for me is is time you have to make time with them time not, time equals love oh yeah so yeah. it's not just it's family time of course but it's also one-on-one -on -one time yeah, too to yeah, pass those yeah. along. I also think it's super helpful um, to with, within that within that framework of time. I'd say two two things to do. One is action, like do things together that mm -hmm. involve action activity. Like that's the the hunting, the fishing, craft hobbies, whatever that is. Whatever your kids chess whatever yeah, the reading, kid, reading, reading reading with your anything kids. Yeah. like that yeah, yeah. super helpful praying with your children praying with praying your children yeah. but you make that use that time for that and then the other the the second uh part to that is um i also think it's super important to be a really good storyteller like i think stories are very very powerful for any child yeah and boys we really we really respond and get enthralled with like adventure so picking being really selective like reading as you were mentioning reading like the the chronicles of narnia together or you just as a dad sharing stories about your own childhood or your own experience with your own uh father grandfather things like that maybe that's not present though because we just talked about it. a lot of father well yeah, you can start yeah. or you can read about learn about other great men who have come before us and stand on their shoulders and transmit them to that. There's a, there's a, I think those are the, those are ways in which we can do that. And then the last thing is it's important, I think for both men and women to have time with our own, uh, with our own groups, meaning it's really important. Like for me, I find that in the Knights of Columbus, mm -hmm. like I've, that's men helping men be, good Catholic men. Yeah. And I think women need time to be with other women to, to, to find friendship and mentorship as well. And they're different. And the, and the last thing I'll, I'll say, cause it's a, it's a question I've had. So I'm so glad this came up for a long time. 
um, boys and girls were were separated in school in different schools. Yeah. Yeah. Like all boys and all girls schools here in Indiana, you had St. Minor. There's lots of them, but St. Minor was one for boys, and then um, you had the uh, the uh, Benedictine one over in Ferdinand for all girls. And they were, and you actually sent them their boarding schools. So what I'd like to learn more about, and I just bring it up as just like a historical marker, there must have been something, and maybe there's something we could retrieve about that kind of arrangement yeah, yeah. of having all boys being schooled together um, and fo- and fo- being formed together there's there could be something there to retreat that's really powerful because I spent you know I spent a year in formation too in in seminary and one of the things that was in just life-changing for me is just being able to spend a year with like-minded men on that track, was spiritually i mean that was that was uh yeah. so powerful um it was about an that experience. yeah it, 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 it's kind of like it i would recommend um that at, for for any young man or young woman to discern if that's the location invest a six months or 12 months if they could you know when i, mean, I become just, emperor of the universe right right that's where i was going <laughs> yeah that, it, with me i'm going to be emperor though boot camp and and seminary <laughs> right as, i totally agree the military is a whole yeah. other thing but i think that gets down to a, a reality about men is men tend to learn from examples yeah and yeah. and uh, you know it, it the the statistics and and studies bear it out you know if you have um, one spouse that goes to mass regularly and the other spouse doesn't. Yeah. Um, statistically, if it's the woman that goes to mass and the man stays home, the 25%. Kids, right. But if it's the other way around, let's 75%. say the mom does not go right. to mass, but dad right. does. And it's because the kids learn from that example yes. yeah. that's that's set by, by dad. And so, you know, I think the... The pathway, whether it's mentorship, whether it's stories, you're you're exactly right, Tim. I think young men and young boys need to hear stories. They yes, need, they need yes. to hear stories of virtue. They need to hear stories that allow them to think about what what's the right thing to do. What does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to what does it mean to be a dad? What does it mean to be a knight, a protector, um, a, a policeman? Um, you know, all of those types of roles that are typically male. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're typically male for a reason. Because I think male virtues tend to kind of float that direction, um, and that's not to say that there aren't wonderful women police officers. But um, men do tend to move in that direction, and and that's what motivates us is to be that protector. We were seeking to answer my 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 peer group and I. We were seeking to answer the question about how we can have these rites of passage. And so, about five years ago, uh, my my friends and I we we didn't grow up hunting or anything like that. And so, uh, we took it upon ourselves to 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 learn how to hunt. And 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 that became you know. So now every November, there's about thirty of us that that meet down in George Washington National Park. And uh, there's a, a big tent city, and we go our different directions during the day to hunt. And 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 we bring the next generation of young men, our, our, our sons, our nephews, uh, our godsons, and, and to be a part of that masculine camaraderie where, you know, we can sit by the fire and joke one another and, and, and learn the patience of what it means to sit outside and freeze half to death and, you know, maybe not see <laughs> and anything. And hopefully it's raining, yeah. too. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That only makes it 
better. But it teaches resilience, <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it teaches patience, and it teaches yeah. all the masculine virtues in that one week. And I got to tell you, they come back year after year after year, and it's the one thing that they look forward to because they 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 spend time with other men to learn how to be men and to learn how to joke with other men. And it's it's one of the things that 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 I have taken on in in my own life. You know, this this hunting this deer camp that we do as 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 a as a rite of passage you mean boys can't get the same thing sitting around playing medal of honor uh, <laughs> with, with, their, with their with their fathers i wouldn't know i don't play <laughs> i'll give you a, i'll give you a quick one here because i know we're coming up on a break so there's a high school it's a catholic high school that i'm affiliated with and um one of the uh, one of the features of the student body is that many 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 of the of the kids do not have fathers in the home so one of the one of the uh, administrators actually has what he calls his barber shop specifically for the young boys who don't again they don't have father, they're all welcome but what he, what happens at the barber shop well he happens to be able to cut hair so the boys get they all get together you know and That's cool. he cuts their hair gives them kind of like a, a traditional barber shop feel if you're a guy you know what I'm talking about yeah, yeah. but he also passes on what what are some practical things that that boys have to know, like your grooming habits, like how do you buy underwear? You know, how do you, what how do you, how do you, you dress yourself? yourself? How do you bathe yourself? Right. Yeah. Hygiene issues, things like yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah you know, uh, a mom, mom could discuss, but it's so much better if it's coming from a, from a guy. So with that, we're going to take a quick break. And when you come back, you'll be listening to the Catholic cave on Catholic radio. Indy. When it's easy to give up, don't. When it's easy to give in, hold on. When you're thinking you're about to give out, ask for help. Catholic Radio Indy. A little motherly advice from Marcy Rankin from CelebrateMarriageMinistry.com. As a mother of six, it's easy to get distracted by, well, by the children. (laughs) I enjoy listening to Catholic Radio Indy because it helps me remain centered in my faith. When I'm on the way to get the kids from school, or whether I am running errands every day, I can listen to shows like Dr. Anders talking about the richness and fullness of our faith, Dr. Ray Gurundi giving great advice and encouragement to parents and families, and as well as the local Faith in Action program that features local people just living their faith in their daily lives. It's a great tool, and I hope that you can recommend it to all the moms that you know. Covering life from a position of good news. Share the joy. Listen for updates. Discover life. Catholic Radio Indy. And welcome back to the Catholic Cave. I'm Mark here with Tim and Joseph and uh, Catholic Cave. As we're talking about, um, we're talking about the crisis of masculinity, and, and it came up over the break. That, you know, there used to be this division of education. You used to have cathedral school here in Indianapolis for the boys, Ladywood for the, for the girls. Um, even our universities were, were yeah. one, one or the other. St. Mary's and, in Notre Dame, And right? the reason this yeah. went by the wayside, this went by the wayside, though, because this was seen as demeaning for the women, right? The women were not having the same opportunities as the men. The women were, were, were getting... I don't know, I guess the thought was they needed to be integrated into the schools for men and women to be equally educated. Um, 
To what extent, you know, we, we can talk about the crisis of masculinity, but was there a crisis of femininity that sort of ex, that sort of led into this? I mean, we, we, it, is one at the expense, expense of the other? Is this a zero-sum game? Um, or, or how does that work? I mean, can you have both masculinity and femininity at the same at time, the same in, the same time in the same culture that, that complement each other and aren't at odds with well, each other. Mark, that violates the principle of non-contradiction. Well, well, does it? It does. You cannot be both masculine at fe- and feminine at the same time in the same way. Well, manner. the same individual can. You're not very but, open-minded. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you can extol them. You can extol feminine virtues in women and masculine virtues in men, but yet our culture says you can't, right? Yeah. If you try to st- extol the feminine virtues of women, you're hyper-masculine. If you try to extol um, the masculine version, well, the masculine virtues, well, you're hyper-masculine. Either way... You know, the, yeah. the, the problem is that's seen by the culture is hyper-masculinity. Well, if, if I've learned anything in the past couple episodes, it's that I'm both intolerant and an extremist. And I think I'm okay with yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, I, I guess, yeah, I guess here's the, the, the question to properly extol Catholic virtue. Do we have to be, to a certain extent, promoting hypermasculinity, which a lot of people would call chauvinistic. Are, are Catholics naturally chauvinistic? We want to promote hypermasculinity in, in, in terms of virtue, uh, in, in classical virtue. Um, but chauvinism, no, of course, you know, machismo, these things, are, they're not, that's not authentic masculinity. That's, that's, a, that, that's, that's a foolish child play acting at what it means to be a man. No, these, they, 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 to be chauvinistic or, or uh, to use a modern parlance, to be toxically masculine, these aren't real masculine behaviors. They're animalistic. And that's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're, we're trying to extol and exemplify and, and, and to live in our own lives. To be, to, to, to be a proper male, to live in a, a masculine life means to live virtuously, means to hand on masculinity to the next generation. I can, I can, I, here's where I go with it. Um, it's, we talked about role models. So Aristotle and others, Aquinas and others talk about, we need an exemplar. We need, we need a, we need a person who exemplifies what it means to be, to live the virtuous life, the holy life. And as disciples of Christ, it's Jesus. So we study and look at Jesus Christ as men. And we look what he, we believe what he believed. We obey the way that he obeyed. We love the way that he loves we trust in him. That's how we reestablish authentic masculinity. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think as those exemplars of the faith that are put up, I think, and you know, you can look at all of the saints, but particularly when you look at Jesus and Mary, um, the masculine does not is not in competition with yeah. the feminine, right? Yeah. Great point. Where, where where there is Jesus, there's Mary. Where there's Mary, there's there's Jesus. And so this idea that to extol masculinity, which let's face it, when you look at authentic masculinity, 
Jesus is an exemplar of that. He laid down his life for the sake of his church, for the sake of his bride. Um, You know, that, that doesn't get much more masculine than that. And yet that in no way detracts from Mary, as the Bible says, it actually magnifies. It, it I don't want to diminish the role of, of Jesus and Mary, but but I do want to make it a, a little bit more practical and, and, and talk directly to the men and, and say, if you're a husband and father, and if you're not, if you're, if you're a scout leader, if, if you're a coach, if you're a teacher, if you find yourself in any way uh, in a mentorship position, Keep in mind that the youth are watching you. They're watching your behaviors. They're seeing how you treat women. They're seeing how you treat others. They're seeing how you treat your superiors and your subordinates. And they're going, if, if you are an example for them, they're going to emulate those behaviors. So watch what you say, watch what you do, and be a great example for the next generation. And that's the best thing that you can do to hand on masculinity. Particularly to young men, yes, right? Because yes. young men, I, like I said, men are wired to learn from the example set by others. Yes, that 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 that. Oh, I yeah. think that's ingrained within the male psyche. That might be a little controversial to say, but I think it's ingrained particularly within the male psyche to learn from examples, exemplars, and and that's why I think. Um, Stories of, of heroism, whether it's knights oh, back yeah. in the day, or whether it's, it's I love tales, military or I military, love, exactly. I, love I was military. just going there, military yeah, yeah. Or, or police officers, right? I mean, there's oh, yeah. a huge cottage industry of novels about police officers. Sure. It's because men love those exemplars and and want to. We to, love he, we love heroes, right? We have stories of adventure and heroism. And what does that really mean and look like? You know, and when you yeah. when you think about what it means to be a hero, it takes us away from ourselves and focuses on on something bigger than ourselves, other people, or the mission that needs to get accomplished. Like, yeah. and it and it's and it's going to be dangerous and fraught with uh, uh, again un- unpredictability and risks, and it's going to require our best. And all that's, all uh, the great stories, Tim. They're they're the ones with dragons, and not just dragons. But it's 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 the dragons that are able to be defeated, and regardless of whether it's an actual dragon or otherwise, it's 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 going up against this this fullness of of aggression and violence, and and using your 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 rationale, your wit, your skill, and and a lot of uh, God's grace and luck to get to defeat that particular dragon. These are the stories that that, that our sons need to hear. Right, right, yeah, right, and and yet our culture is throwing out complete different, you know, um, the the transformation of the dragon from this symbol of of evil, this symbol that of of that which we need to conquer, yeah, uh, whether yeah. it's a symbol of our own our own vices that we need to our conquer, whether it's a, or evil been, in the world, yeah. or that that yeah. that's been transformed. I think of Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones transformed the idea of the dragon into something that needs to yeah. be needs to be cultivated, bred, and yeah. utilized, not yeah. conquered. And I think yeah. that you yeah. know that um, you know that that type of transformation, I I really do think leads is part and parcel of this lack of uh, the, this crisis of masculinity as we, we started that we have cultural messages that say no defeating and fighting dragons is bad 
taming them, um, enculturating them, and turning them. The dragons them, are people too. The, the dragons are people. Well, not only that, but we can <laughs> we can use the we can use the dragons for yeah. for for our own purposes. Right, I think is right. the, the the message there. I think it's also too. I'd like the the men listening, especially those who are younger, thinking thinking about what their vocation may, might be, and if it's to family life to here's something that's true. I, I, I heard it, so I don't want to take credit for it, but I, I think it's very true that men understand that children are not an impediment to your happiness. Oh my like gosh. Being, no. being a father and a husband is not an impediment to your ha- It's actually the vehicle by which you'll achieve it. I, I got to tell you, I have four children, two sons, two daughters, and each individually have added to the stability of joy that exists in my soul they bring me so much joy i I never if 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 i as a young man if i could talk to the young man and 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 the idea of of a perfect life that i had drawn out for myself i am so far from that uh it's it's so much more uh, I, I could never put into words or, or, or even enter into my, my waking mind how fulfilling it is to be a father, to be a husband. Uh, and so, I, you know, I, I encourage every single man out there listening, uh, give it a shot. Yeah, because the relationships you have, and, and these are relationships with anybody, but the relationships you have are what form you. Yeah. The relationships you have are what make you who you are. And that relationship with your children changes you more profoundly than oh just gosh. about any other relationship you can have. And every, yeah. every dad has felt that as they, they watch the birth of their child or they hold their, their newborn child for I the first time. I didn't get that at the birth of my children. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe it takes a little bit of time to dawn, but eventually I'm, I'm sure you got something where you recognize that this was a life altering relationship. Mm. This was going to change very much the, the person and man whom you are yeah. by having that child. And, and it never changes you in a bad way. You know? It never changes you for the worse. It will always change you for the better. When my first child was born and we were taken into uh, the recovery room, uh, she came in, she's crying, and I'm like, man, somebody better take it. Oh my gosh, that's me. I take care of this kid. And it was such a, <laughs> right. a dawning of reality that, oh my gosh, here's this kid. But And here's something that, that guys don't really talk about. You don't have that connection with your child at first. It takes months to develop. Uh, yeah, I, I can I can see that. You're right. It, 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 I think for maybe some guys, because people do talk about that that mm-hmm. moment of, of of recognition of that and how life changing that was. Sure. But I think you're right. For for some people, it is a gradual thing. But nonetheless, the essence of being a man, as we said, you know, part of of, of manhood is that desire to procreate, because we recognize that. We really, unless we have that experience of fatherhood, whether it's mm-hmm. spiritual fatherhood for a priest, whether it's physical fatherhood for those of us that are that are in the laity, until we have that experience of fatherhood, we are really truly never in the image and likeness of God, our Holy Father, yeah. until we've had that experience. And it's not just procreation. It's the actual rearing of said child. Well, I think every man is called to fatherhood. And it's a matter of, of determining um, God's will for for each man and how you're to live that out. Yeah. Like that, I think, is like the, the penultimate. Uh, just like every woman is called to motherhood, it's a matter of how she lives 
yeah. out that vocation. Yeah. yeah. So right. we're coming up to the end of our show, but um, you know, this is such a crisis in our culture that I think keep all going, of man. us keep going, keep going, men, and all of us need to be praying daily yes. for yes. a resurrection of our own masculine virtues yes. and a resurrection of for each masculinity other. within our culture. And if you don't have friends, men, find one. Yep. All in union with the stout heart of St. Joseph. And with that, we're going to wrap it up here at the Catholic Cave. You've been listening to Mark Tuttle, Joseph Tomasian, Timothy O'Donnell. God bless and be holy. The Catholic Cave is a production of Catholic Radio Indy. Replays of this program are available in podcast form at catholicradioindy.org. Comments about this program can be addressed to Kent at catholicradioindy.org or by calling 317-870-8400. Did you miss something in this show or just want to hear it again? Podcasts of this and all our other great local programs are available 24-7 at catholicradioindy.org.